Chapter 17 of Dot and Tot of Maryland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda. Dot and Tot of Maryland by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 17 The Animals That Wound Up. When they came to the railway track, they were careful not to get run into by the rushing tin train. They waited until the cars had passed the spot where they stood, and then quickly ran across the track before the engine came around again. The merry-go-round was turning smoothly, and the saddled animals galloped along in an inviting way, while the barrel organ played some very loud and frisky circus tunes. "'It's almost like a sideshow,' cried Dot enthusiastically as she seated herself upon a camel. Tot best rode a dapple gray horse, and the queen sat upon a lion and took hold of its mane to steady herself. They whirled around in a very pleasant and exhilarating manner for some time, and Dot was laughing and enjoying herself immensely when she happened to notice a number of big teardrops rolling down the cheeks of the tiger that was galloping just in front of her. I, I think it's it's real mean of you whimpered the tiger with sobs in his voice for you to ride on that humped back animal all the time and and neglect a ro royal bengal tiger oh i shall be glad to make a change she cried and leaping off the camel's back she sprang upon the tiger who thereupon dried his tears and smiled in a most delightful manner we seldom have visitors in this valley he said after he had wiped his eyes with a handkerchief that was sticking in his bridle so most of the time there is no one to ride us i don't see the good of a merry-go-round if it isn't used the queen now noticed some of the other animals looking discontented so she and tot changed seats also and by the time mr split came to call them to supper they had ridden all the animals in turn and the keeper noticed that his merry-go-round was bathed in one whirling smile of gladness and content. It is good for my animals to have visitors, he said happily. It cheers them up. Mr. Split had spread a white cloth upon the grass close to one edge of the forest, and Dot and Tot and the Queen sat around this and ate of the delicious fruit the queer man had gathered. There were melons, grapes, bananas oranges plums strawberries and pears and all were ripe and exquisitely flavored by the time they finished their meal it had become twilight and the queen declared it would soon be dark i wonder where we can sleep said tot but dot looked around and saw that mr split was fastening three big hammocks between the trees at the edge of the forest these hammocks were lined with soft, silken cushions and looked very pleasant and cozy to the sleepy children. The queen and Dot and Tot each climbed into one of the hammocks and were covered over with silk-quilted comfortables, after which Mr. Split turned a key at the end of each hammock and set them moving gently to and fro like the rocking of a cradle. Before she went to sleep, Dot looked over the edge of her hammock and saw that the merry-go-round and the tin train were now motionless, while all the animals seemed to have run down and were standing quite still, 
waiting for the morning when Mr. Split would come and wind them up again. The little girl was awakened next morning by a sharp clicking sound nearby, and opening her eyes, she saw a tin monkey running up and down, a string fastened to a branch of the tree. Dear me, she said, looking at him intently, are you wound up so early in the morning? Yes, indeed, replied the monkey, still busily climbing his string. Mr. Split was here some time ago. I suppose nearly everyone in the valley must be going by this time. I didn't know it was so late, said Dot, slipping from her hammock to the ground and feeling rather ashamed of her laziness. Tot was already up and sitting near the railway track watching the tin train go round. The queen now joined Dot and they called Tot to breakfast, for Mr. Split had loaded the cloth with a variety of cool, fresh fruit and berries. He gathered those before he unhooked himself said the queen, for then he had two arms to carry them, but when it came to winding up the animals, he had to separate in order that he might use each hand in a different place, and so get around quicker. Mr. Split's name suits him very well, said Dot, who was enjoying the fruit. Yes, it would be hard to call him anything else, replied the queen. I suppose your own name fits you in the same way, ventured the girl. Certainly it does answered the queen. Dot's heart now began to beat rapidly, for she thought she would at last discover what the queen's name was. Tot also looked interested, and forgot his slice of melon as he listened. You haven't told us yet what it is, said the girl. The little queen laughed merrily. Isn't it funny, she exclaimed, that I always forget to tell you. There is no reason in the world why you should not know my name. Then, said Tot sharply, tell it. Well, she said, it's... Just then they heard a great crash, a whirling of wheels and the scream of a whistle. Springing to their feet, they saw the tin train lying upside down near the track, with its wheels whirling around like the wind, and nearby was a wooden goat and cart, completely wrecked and splintered into many pieces. They all ran down to the place, and the brave little queen picked up the tin train and set it upon its track. It started to run again in its usual rushing way, but Dot noticed that the cowcatcher was badly bent and that some of the paint had been knocked off. There has been a collision, said Her Majesty calmly. I was afraid that Goatcott would get into trouble if it ran so near to the engine, but it is wrecked now beyond repair, so there is nothing more to worry about. As she spoke, the police patrol and the fire engine both dashed up to the spot, and one of the officers asked, What's the trouble? You are too late, said the queen. The trouble is all over. Then we may as well go back, said the officer grumpily. The trouble usually is over when we get anywhere. That's why we take our time about coming. Well, said the queen, when the patrol and the fire engine had gone back to their stables. It is time for us to go. They looked around for Mr. Split, but not seeing him, they walked across the opening to the path that led through the forest to the river. They each squeaked the alligator when they came to him and left him feeling joyful and contented. The boat was lying where they had left it, and they at once stepped in and seated themselves. I'm sorry not to say goodbye to Mr. Split, said Dot, as the boat glided out into the river. He is so busy, he won't mind it. 
answered the queen. I suppose he was in the forest winding up the animals there when we came away. I do not think there is another man in the whole world that does so much work as Mr. Split, and he seems to enjoy it, too. The boat was rushing swiftly through the water now, and soon the forest of trees was passed, and our voyagers entered a deep archway that led to the seventh and last valley of Maryland. End of chapter 17. Recording by Linda.